welcome to Tell Me About X, Meaningful Conversations About X by X. Today, I am super excited to welcome our next guest on the interview series, Dylan Adler. He is a comedian, artist, and musician. Dylan, thank you so much for being here. I would love to start off if you could share what was the start of your comedy journey. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Christina. I appreciate it. I started out my comedy journey by I was in college and I took one elective acting class and one day we were doing improv and it was so much fun to me that some people from the class were like, we should do an improv jam at the People's Improv Theater. And so I went to that. I got addicted. I met friends and then I started stand up at the same time and then I just have never stopped. It started with that elective class and then it went. Yeah. From- yeah. A two credit class. <laughs> a two credit class. Wow. We love to yeah. see it. Yeah. I know that you make people laugh regularly on stage and off stage, but when was the last time that you laughed super hard? Oh, the last time I laughed super hard. I think I, I was with my brother. I was with my brother, I remember. My brother does make me, I have an identical twin brother who's also gay. He he <laughs> does crack me up, oftentimes unintentionally. I think he was telling me about this road rage incident he had. Oh, no. And I know it's not funny, but to me, <laughs> just like imagining him getting, because he's like kind of this goody two-shoes, kind of very nice, and and I'm a little more aggressive on the road, and so... Just to see him, just to hear him getting into this, it made me, I don't know, it just kind of made me just bust up for some reason. I don't know why. I love that. You're a twin. Did you switch places in class or just like play jokes on people when you were younger? We did, but we were so, we were such goody two-shoes. We would, our big prank was that we pretended that we switched, but we didn't. So it's like, actually, I'm Max. We're being bad. And they're like, no, you're Dylan. So I don't I don't. We just, that was one thing we did. A little bit of an inception prank there. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of two layered. Two layered. I've heard in your set that you bring up your brother sometimes and just like the different identities that you hold. And I would love to know how has your identity in every sense of the the word, all the buckets shown up as, you know, you you wear the hats of comedian, actor and musician. Yeah. So I, you know, when it comes to I, I when I, I always want to kind of lead with what feels most exciting to me. Yeah. And what I the kind of the kind of comedy I want to see right now and the kind of music that I want to. So if I, I I always try to lean towards that when it comes to talking about that, whether it be about being mixed Asian, whether it be about being gay, this things in the gay community or whether it be talking about my twin brother. I try to lead with things that I myself find kind of interesting and entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of content there in terms of experiences and also vulnerability too when you're sharing um, mm-hmm. yourself on the stage or or in your writing. Is it totally. harder to write for other comedians or folks or harder to write your sets and, and the different shows? For me, I think I've just had more experience doing stand-up. So I have a little more comfortability writing for myself and because I but it was a big, it was a really great experience learning how to write for 
someone else when I was a writer on James Corden because it was a really good, um, it was really helpful to learn because what caught on for me was when I was when I was writing jokes, I realized, oh, he says he likes to say certain things before his punchlines. And it's like, blah, 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 to which he responded, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So once I learned that, I was like, oh, I can now kind of see, I have a structure with which to fit ideas into. It was, it was a really helpful experience. Yeah, absolutely. You get to know people's style, the way they speak about things, the way they tell stories. uh, Mm -hmm. Point two, when I think about the different times I've seen your sets or your individual shows too, I think about music and mm. jingles that you have and also just how you present the stories in a musical way has that always been the case in your shows or is this something that you developed over time i um well because i went to school for music composition and my dream was to write musical theater and that was what i really did what i really wanted to do and then when i started comedy i didn't i just did straight stand up and i was doing okay with it but then around 6 months in i tried my first comedy song and it got a bigger response than any of my jokes ever did so I'm like oh, maybe I should. and now it's like half of what I do I mean I, I feel like whenever I'm in my room in my small sample size as well the laughter that comes from the lyrics that you put together and the the dance numbers too always gets a great response mm, thank, I know I I am um, I, I appreciate that by the way thank you of course. I think I always loved physical comedy too like our family we love and like the way that my mom my mom is like the a really funny one in our family and all of her jokes she delivers they're screamed like there's like and our our japanese family is loud and like physical and they and it's just it's humor that i've always loved watching like raven simone was so physical and as a as a comedian when she was on the disney channel that me and my brother just like were obsessed with that I loved that. So Raven, that's such a great show. Iconic. Iconic. Have you watched the reboot? I've been watching some. <laughs> yes. Yes. On Disney plus. Yes. On Disney plus. I did give that yeah. a try as well. And I watched yeah. some episodes. It's just so nostalgic and so good. It is. It is. It's, it's the best. Is there anything when you're, especially thinking about what you want to present in your shows or what you want to share with people, depending on the audience or maybe not depending on the audience, is there anything that is ever off limits to you? For me, um, not really, not really, because also I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you saw me and Kelly's show, Rape Victims Are Horny Too. That was like one of the scariest things to write and perform and stuff. So I honestly feel I'm like, uh, we we did that show and we're really proud of it. We want to keep doing it. But also I, I feel I'm like, oh, okay. That was really scary and crazy to joke and talk about and a really amazing cathartic experience. Now I'll talk about spoons or I don't know, like, um, I, I don't think anything is off limits as long as um, it feels exciting and new and fresh and 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 I myself really want to discuss it. Yeah, you're excited about it. You're fulfilled by it. And you have something to say. I was really excited to be in the audience of Rape Victims Are Horny too. The title alone uh, mm-hmm. just kind of smacks you in the face a little bit. Absolutely. And I know that it wasn't an overnight 
process. You share a little bit of developing the show and thinking about it. Can you tell us a little bit of what that looked like? I also think you you and Kelly are BFFs too, so I'm sure that was a yeah. It was really, really fun and honestly cathartic to write. It was like, um, I, you know, it was because I had only a couple jokes about um, being a survivor of, of sexual trauma and stuff. And so I did a couple at mics and then, you know, we, she did her jokes and we locked across the, and we were like, we should do an hour of this. And then that's how the the show began and it was so cathartic because a lot of the writing process was just talking about our experiences of you know feeling maybe sometimes in like crazy and not believed and and doubting myself and that's such a common thing that a lot of um survivors feel that doubt and that self that um because of how people operate around information like that so because like how our society is kind of trained to and to deal with that kind of information and like kind of rape rape culture is so pervasive Mm -hmm. and so it was like really healing cathartic to write the show and perform the show and it was uh it was and we're also very close friends so it was it was easy to do as well I mean that's incredible it's a lot of vulnerability and also processing too and sharing your experience with not only someone who's close to you but a room full of strangers is there anything that was kind of most surprising to you whether it's about that process of writing or the first time that you shared this with family and friends or you presented uh, as a show yes what was actually most surprising to me was how many male identifying survivors would come up after the show and because it was it was it was really eye-opening to me because they would sometimes they would share things with me and I'm like oh my god this is it's so prevalent and not it's it's uh in the queer community and just many many different communities I didn't realize how and a lot of people were talking about how they felt they felt very seen by a lot of the things that me and Kelly were talking about. So, and, and the fact that I was talking to Kelly and she, and I was like, Oh my God, exactly. Exactly. And she was saying, Oh, exactly. Exactly. We got a sense of like, Oh, maybe this, this could be like something that, um, because we wrote it really for survivors. And so we, that was probably the most surprising to me. I think the feeling of being seen and the power to, have someone be seen by the work that you do out there is really special. So I love that you got that feedback from survivors and and people who are in the show. And I think it's really important to have that representation to your point around society's lack there of training around talking about rape and rape culture. I think the word alone. Mm-hmm. Were there any kind of stories or shows that you could seek inspiration or model this after? Or were you really thinking with Kelly to start from zero and and create something that I think mm-hmm. has really been done before? Yeah, no, we we uh, were very inspired by a lot of incredible comedians. And, you know, we, we have our own like comedy heroes and inspirations. Like for me, Margaret Cho, Ali Wong, and are like some of the two, Maria Bamford too, Chelsea Peretti, some of my yes. all-time faves. Um, and she, you know, she loves 
she loves the Chelsea Peretti too is one of her and like all all her and we also loved Nanette and also how she discussed it too but we also wanted to bring our own kind of because our comedic voices are kind of filled with a lot of energy and sometimes joy and like goofiness and silliness and we wanted to bring our own kind of that energy into this uh, kind of dark, heavy material. And that's kind of that that's kind of what we were we were aiming to do. That it's like it's a group of us, we're all friends and we're we're survivors and we're we're having a we're having a slumber party and it's like a you know we're talking about this stuff and we're laughing about we're laughing and it's and it's serious at times and we're this is like our way of this is our method of, of coping. Method of coping and also building community and and support too, which is is mm-hmm. so important as well in terms of processing and also thinking about my personal journey. Therapy has been so important to me, and I'm so open about talking about it. You've been open yeah. about therapy. Love to see it in your sets. Has your therapist ever come to a show or seen Storm Forty Two? Um, no, no, I think my therapist, I would be open because I also do love my therapist so much. And I think they're amazing. I don't think they've been to a show and I'm actually, I'm also not sure if I'd want them to, because I'm like, like, yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. I'm a different person in therapy and therapy. I'm like, all right, let's get into it. But like, (laughs) I don't know, seeing my, a therapist see a more kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But to me, like, I'd be open to it. And I think they'd, they'd be, op- they, they would enjoy seeing, maybe enjoy parts of it and seeing it. But I think they, for the most part, kept like personal and professional, like a boundary there, which I'm not, I'm not mad about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not mad about it. Boundaries are, boundaries are good. I also love my yes. therapist. I was just, just curious. And your family has seen the show too? Yes. They've seen a Zoom version of it and listened to the album. And, it, you know, it was like I was nervous before that. And I was like, oh, my God, I say some nasty, disgusting shit in there. Like, it's honest. It's on. Yes. And it's honest. And it's like, but I kind of prepared my parents. And I feel very fortunate because my parents are very are they're liberal and open kind of people. And even in parts of the show that felt very intense and maybe there were parts surrounding them too. Like I, I think they were open, open to that. And, you know, I, yeah, I was nervous, but I, I think, I think it was okay. And like, yeah, yeah. That's also really special to have a really supportive family and to be open to, to talk about this experience and have them show up for you and, and see the show mm-hmm. as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Whether it's your family, your therapist, other friends in general do you think about who is in the audience or where you are doing your show or your sets so if you're based in if you're doing a show in Brooklyn or you're doing one in Manhattan or LA or somewhere else or does that really not impact what you deliver I think it it can have a really big impact on the it can and I realized that even even like I was opening my friend Oxco, who I love so much. And it was so much fun. And it was such a valuable experience because also it was taking in like her audience is different from my audience too. Mm-hmm. Like 
my audience are a bunch of like fag hag, like crazy ass queer, like, <laughs> like, the, and I'm, it's like sometimes that's an energy I'm used to. And I just, it was like adjusting to different energies and kind of sensing what might go better in this, this particular place, what might do better here. That's something that I've been kind of gauging as I'm trying to perform in different, different places, different cities, different parts of the country, different venues. So that's something I've been navigating as well. And when, when my parent or brother or sibling, I, I have to address them because it's all I'm thinking about. So if I don't address them, it'll be like, he's weird. Why is he acting weird? And I'm like, cause I like, I really want to see that they're having a fun time. Yeah. Do you think your mom is the funniest one in the family? She's definitely one of the funniest in the family. And like all of her friends, all of my aunties are like, your mom is the funniest friend in our group. She needs to do comedy. Oh my God. You know? Needs to make her own TikTok account. Yeah. People, I mean, like her friends are, she is, she is the big funny one. She is like the big personality and, and cracking all the jokes in the, in the, in the group. Is there yeah. a show that stands out to you, whether it's a recent performance or a set that you just felt really fulfilled by, or you're just like, oh my God, that was incredible. I want to replicate that feeling for future shows. Oh yeah. Um, for me, I felt that, I'm trying to think. Yes. I felt that way mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I did the show at Joe's Pub, after Rape Victims or Horny to at Joe's Pub. Because it's been a dream venue of mine for so long, and I've I'm also a musical theater nerd, and so many the like famous theater performers would do their show there, and so it was just a dream come true to do that. So I think that was definitely a a a dream performance for me. It was a really good venue too, and to have the piano up there, and you were also playing during some of the shows too. There was there's a lot going on. The audio, I couldn't believe how incredible just the. The mix of audio there is is incredible. I've never performed at a venue that values like the the piano and the vocals sounding so good. Mm-hmm. It's mostly it's comedy. It's you know it's like oh musical comedy like it's sometimes a little bit of a oh god okay I guess we gotta do add, accommodate this. But for Joe's Pub, it's a music venue primarily. Yeah, I I thought that was a great show. So I think that is that makes sense that it was a standout performance. I know we have been talking at length about rape victims are horny too, and I have seen the show. You wrote the show for folks who aren't as familiar. How would you describe what what it is? Yes, it is a comedy album. It's a comedy show about two rape sur- survivors making comedy from their experience hopefully as a way for survivors to feel less alone and, you know, to be able to talk about certain things and go to that, go to that space that feels sometimes dark and scary and to, but then to also be experiencing joy and laughter and to try to, you know, transform an experience. So it doesn't, so, you know, that's, that was our kind of, that that was our goal with the show. Um, and it's out on Apple Music and Spotify. So I will link the, the playlist also in the show notes so people can check it out as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Dylan, I feel like you have a lot going on. What are you looking forward to? This could be anything. It could be related to comedy. It could not be. It could be related to your life, whatever. 
my friends and I, we were talking about going to the beach and San Diego and maybe the beach tomorrow. And I am honestly just looking forward to going into the water tomorrow because it's hot in LA right now. So that's something I'm very excited about. Oh my gosh, get the sun. And also don't forget to wear sunscreen. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a couple of kind of speed around questions for you, this or that. So if you could pick one and if you want to give like a, a short reason why you would pick that. Um, yes. are you Great. All right. Would you rather have a big audience laugh or someone laughing consistently at every one of your jokes? Oh, uh, b- big audience laugh. Why? Because I think there's, it's if it's one person laughing consistently, I mean, like God love, but you know, you need you need laughter is infectious, and if it's a big audience laugh, then it's like it spreads to more people and it makes it a better show. Are you ever distracted by a huge audience laugh that you're like, oh, like I don't know, it throws you off or no? Oh, um, no, it always kind of turns the party, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it yeah. Does. I also, when I'm at comedy shows, I like to people watch as well to see what people think. Yeah. To see reactions. Totally same. Would you rather have a Netflix original special or a live show at Rockefeller Center that is not recorded? Oh, both sound amazing. Manifest both out there, but if you have to choose one. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would choose. I would choose Netflix because it feels like that could be a good it's like then it's like then opportunities kind of open up after that. So I think that would that would be a definite great thing. Yeah. I, I love watching them on Netflix too. And it's so it seems like very accessible for folks to to see too. Would you rather meet the voice actor who voices Nemo or the voice actor who voices SpongeBob? That's big. I think SpongeBob for me, because he was just such an incredible part of my childhood. And but I also love the voice actor for Nima, who is also in Modern Family. So I think SpongeBob. Oh, you know the voice of Nima already. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I the, love that. Yeah. That's so funny. I know you mentioned That's So Raven, but are there any other shows that they were like a foundation for you as young Dylan? Mad TV was also very big. <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. I think of That's So Raven and Lizzie McGuire and, and all of those shows. Oh, Hannah Montana too. Hannah Montana as well. Is there someone that you would do a musical collaboration with that's ideal for you? Oh my God. Well, I am, I'm a lamb. I'm a Mariah Carey lamb through and through. So if, if (gasps) she just not just, just knew I existed, I would probably explode. Mariah Carey is a great answer. Yes. She's Mariah Carey. She is a queen of my book. Dylan, is there anything, I know I've asked so many specific questions about your journey to comedy, rape victims are horny too. Is there anything that you would like to share with the audience that I have not asked or any takeaways you hope people bring with them? Yeah, I'm just, you know, when it comes to like anything, when it comes to comedy or anything, I think it's always good to just lead with what feels good and exciting and fun and fresh to you first to to like what makes you bust up cry laughing like that's the, that's the right place to lead from 
That's a good thing to remember. Dylan, thank you so much for being on Tell Me About X. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yes, of course. I will link all of Dylan's upcoming shows as well in the show notes. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. (laughs) 